0: Get ready to be transformed. Transformed in your spirit, soul, body, finances, in all areas of your life. As a catalyst, Leanne is passionate about helping you step into your potential and fulfill your deep-seated dreams. If you desire your optimal kingdom upgrade, then this podcast is for you. So grab a notebook and welcome to The Transformational Coach with your host, Leanne Goff. Hey friend, Leanne Goff here, the transformational coach. Actually, I'm your transformational coach as well. And I am super excited, honored, and blessed to be able to partner with Charisma Media uh, to bring these podcasts to you. In fact, this is my very first podcast. And I, again, I'm really, really excited uh, for it. And I think I want to start off my podcast, my very first podcast we're in the month of July, and um, what does the main thing July stand for? Obviously, it's summer, but it is Fourth of July, um, our independence of an incredible nation, the freedom of our nation. And I kind of want to kick my podcast off with this because, you know, I, I just can't think of uh, stop thinking about the freedom we have here in this country and how we need to be very, very, very careful that we don't lose that freedom that so many uh, men and women have fought over the many years to give us this freedom that we have in this country. I know me personally, you know, my dad, my stepfather, and three of my four brothers were all in the military. They served our nation. They fought for our nation and the freedom. And um, I think that's one of the things that, you know, this month, July means for me. And so I just want to talk about that that for a minute of what really impacted me. Many. Well, it was actually in 1982. And my husband and I took our first trip um, outside of the country on a missions trip. Now I'd never been on a missions trip before. I'd never been out of the country before um, 1982. And uh, we went uh, with, at that time, my spiritual father, Leo Humphrey, amazing, amazing man of God. And just loved the guy. He just had grit. He just had boldness. He was taking teams into Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala during the civil war in the, um, in the, in the eighties. And uh, he went to our church. Well, we all went to church together um, at First Baptist Church of New Orleans and in, in, uh, Kenner, Louisiana. Um, oh, I was First Baptist Church of Kenner is what it was in Kenner, Louisiana. And I this this guy just really uh, just impacted me. I'd watch him. I'd see the teams he'd take into other countries during the Civil War in Central America. And I would think, oh, my gosh, I want to go with Leo one day. Um, I want to go on a missions trip with Leo one day um, to one of these nations. And uh, of course, people thought I was crazy because literally a war was taking place down there. And I remember it was one Sunday afternoon uh, in 1982. And uh, I think it was around probably uh, March, uh, February, or March of 1982. And it was after church on a Sunday morning. And I, I just had this boldness rise up in me. And I, I went up to Leo outside the church on the sidewalk. And I said, hi, Leo. I said, my name is Leanne. Um, and, and I wanted to know, can, could I go on a missions trip with you to Central America? And he looked at me and studied me for a moment. And then he said, yeah, in fact, I'm going in a few weeks. You want to go? And I couldn't believe that he, he said, yes, like I could go with him. And so I was just so excited. I went home and, you know, I talked to my husband and, you know, and he's a believer, you know, and I said, how about we go on a missions trip with Leo Humphrey to Central America, he's going um, into Honduras in a few weeks, and what if we go and He said, Yeah, let's do it. And so, you know, we didn't have the money to go. We didn't have a passport. It was crazy. I had a passport from being a kid, but it uh, it had expired a long time ago. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, uh, we went and, uh, God just gave us such favors. We went down to the passport center in new Orleans, downtown new Orleans. And, uh, it, it's a long story of how the woman there just like knew my brother. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to expedite your passport. And I mean, cause we had like a month to get ready for this trip. And then we needed the money to pay for this trip. We didn't have the money to go. So we just put a bunch of furniture outside in our yard and we just sold like our bedroom set and our living room set. And, you know, um, you know just furniture. And within a short period of time, we had our money and we had our passport. And we we're like, oh my gosh, and our, our children, our, our daughter and our son were were young at that time. Oh my goodness. I guess maybe they were like, I don't know, four and you know, maybe five and three years old at the time. And but God provided somebody to stay with them and take care of them, somebody we trusted. And lo and behold, about four or five weeks later, we were on a plane. Headed for Honduras to Gusagalpa, Honduras. And I was just so excited. I was like, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. Because I had, uh, if you read my book, A Christian Life Without Father God, you know, I had dreamed all of my life growing up about being a missionary. I would, in our Baptist church, uh, First Baptist Church of Kin, Louisiana, I'd sit on the right on the front pew when missionaries would come and and talk about you know where what the work they were doing in other nations and they would have their little carousel projector and their little clicker and they would say here we are click building a house for this this widow and her her children and click here we are feeding the orphans and click here we are you know whatever just doing incredible things in these nations and i would just my eyes were as wide as saucers and i would just look and think when i grew up i want to be a missionary when i grew up i want to be a missionary and um, and lo and behold here i am I'm about in my early 20s and my husband and I are taking our first missions trip to to Tegucigalpa, Honduras with Leo Humphrey and his wife, uh, Joyce. And so we get on this plane and, you know, we're heading for this uh, this this nation where the civil war is taking place and have no idea what to expect. You know, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And I remember that we arrived in Tegucigalpa and actually my luggage, my brother and my sister-in-law were on this trip as well. And my luggage and my sister-in-law's luggage didn't arrive. So we had a couple of days, you know, without our luggage, but you know what? We were okay. We were like, we are on the field for the kingdom of God and we're, we're going to go and we're going to, you know, reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're going to watch souls come into the kingdom. And so, um, I remember we went out on our first trip and, uh, you know, out on our first trip into the streets, into the marketplace of Tegucigalpa. And at that time, um, Tegucigalpa, Honduras was the poorest uh, city in Central America. And uh, Leo was trying to find our luggage, him and his wife, Loris. So he wasn't he wasn't out with us that day. Uh, or that, that, that morning. And uh, we went into the market and I remember the market. Oh my gosh, it just stunk. I mean, people would urinate right there in the, in the market, the, the meat that was hanging in the market. It, Oh, I, I, I felt like I was going to like lose my breakfast. I'll just put it that way. And I can remember, you know, I, I try to go through the market. It was all covered, you know, and, and I, I couldn't go in. I was just like, Oh my goodness. I'm just I'm going to throw up here. And, and, and so um, I didn't get much done that morning, to be honest with you, except like trying to figure out how I'm going to go into this market to share the gospel. We had these tracks and it was called in English, the big question in Spanish is Pregunta," is the big question. And we have these tracks and we would be passing them out to people. And, and we, in our broken Spanish, we go, do you know, Jesus, you know, and, and I wanted to go so bad into the market, but I just, I couldn't, it just stunk so bad. So we go back to the hotel. Um, we were staying at the, the Maya and, um, Leo comes back for lunch and he's asking how to go to everybody. And, and they're going, Oh, it was great. But Leanne had a little problem because she, she couldn't, she was about ready to lose her breakfast. She couldn't go in the market. It was so bad. And so, uh, he says, okay, you're going out with me this afternoon. I'll never forget this. This was 1982. And, um, he says, you're going with me this afternoon. So I remember we went back to the market that afternoon and Leo, um, he said, give me your hand, and he says, and I gave him my hand, he says, now hold your breath. And he took me through that market from one end of it to the other end, and we walked outside, he said, okay, take a take a breath, let it out, now take a deep breath again, let's go again. And he did that several times until I got used to going through that market. And um, and then I became acclimated to it. And you know what? I have been in that market many, many times since that day in 1982. So anyway, we had an incredible, incredible time. We were there for a week. We would preach in the in the plaza. Uh, We would worship. We would just see tons. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people during the midst of the Civil War coming to Jesus in in Honduras. Um, And so we had an incredible time. And I can remember we flew home a week later and I could, you know, back then we didn't have, you know, emails, we didn't have Marco Polo, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have any way to communicate with our kids except making a phone call back home, which was very expensive. But I remember Ray and I had um, a picture of of our our daughter, Beth and our son, Jeff, and uh, we would have that picture up on the mirror and mirror in our hotel room so that we could see their faces and think about them when we would see the kids in the streets in the plaza, in the marketplace, you know, that were hungry and, and uh, they were in the midst of a war and oh my gosh, I don't even, it. Yeah, look. And so we would think about our own children and we would just be so thankful that our children and we lived in a country that was free. And so one week later, we fly back to the United States. And back then, uh, you didn't have the, the, the walkway between the airplane and the terminal. You actually had to, uh, out of the terminal, walk down steps, walk across the tarmac, and then go up steps to go into the airplane. So there wasn't the jetway. That's what they call it. There wasn't the jetways back then that uh, connected the terminal to the airplane. And so I can remember we, we landed back in New Orleans. Um and I can remember we were getting off the plane and walking down the steps to the tarmac, um, uh, it, it, the tarmac of the airport. And I can remember when my feet hit the ground of that that airport, that tarmac. I remember I knelt down my knees and I kissed the ground of our nation. And I said, God, thank you for this nation. Thank you for America. Thank you for this Republic. Thank you, God, that we live in this nation and God, we live in a nation of freedom. And I thank you, God, that you placed us here. And then I got up and we went obviously um, up the steps to get to the terminal, go get our our luggage. And I just want to share that with you that I'm thinking back today, you know, July, um, in this month, as we have freedom in our nation, we have the freedom to basically go where we want to go, do what we want to do. And we have a freedom of our voice still. We have a freedom to worship freely. You know, I've been to 34 nations, including over 55 times to Cuba in 18 years. I've been to uh, Pakistan many, many times. I've been to Venezuela. I've been to Sri Lanka. I've been to a lot of nations. Honestly, most people will not go to. I've been to El Salvador. We've been, um, we after that first trip in 1982 Honduras. We we went to El Salvador many times. I remember that we would be in our hotel and there'd be bombs going off. There'd be signs blown up, you know, from the gas stations, from the guerrillas, you know, blowing up the signs. And, and um, you know, we'd see tanks rolling down the street in El Salvador. Uh, we lived in Guatemala during the Civil War. Our family actually, you know, a couple of years after that trip in 82, we actually went and lived in Guatemala for several, several months, uh, Ray and, and myself and our two children. And so we, we've seen what um, war can do to a country. We've seen what socialism and communism can do to a country, and you know I'm thankful that we are still um, America is a nation that's free. And for me, I want to make sure that um, we stay a free nation, not just for Ray and I, but for our children um, and then our six grandchildren. And so I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure America is one nation under God, um, a republic that is a, a a nation of freedom. And so. You know, just going back, you know, I I can remember last year um, in July of of 2020, and as we were in the midst of a pandemic, and I remember doing a Facebook Live one day. um, It was July 4th, in fact, 2020. And I did that Facebook Live, and I was telling, you know, I was telling people, I'm like, you know, for you out there that want to see our nation as a socialist nation or a communist nation, um, how about I do this? How about if I buy you a ticket, a plane ticket uh, to Venezuela? And uh, and I've been to Venezuela. I've ministered in Venezuela. I, I know that there's been since I was there a few years ago. The inflation rate is a million percent. You know I know there are people dying in Venezuela. And I said, so how about if I will buy you a plane ticket to Venezuela, uh, and I will pay your accommodations for four days to go to Venezuela, live like a Venezuelan, and then come back to America and tell me what you think. Or how about China? I've been to China. Um, how about you know uh, Cuba? I, I I can look. I have a lot of friends in family in cuba so i can find you a place to stay there i'll pay your plane ticket and you go live in cuba for about four or five days and then come back and tell me if you want america to be socialist or communist i think it'll change your mind and so uh friends i'm just i'm just i don't know it's it's an emotional day for me um, in july uh thinking back uh, to what we have uh those that have fought for our nation that we can be um a nation of freedom and so um you know, and it's not just about being a nation of freedom, um, but it's about each one of us being free. A lot of the church, you know, we're living in a nation of freedom, but a lot of people in the church are not free. We are still um, struggling with a lot of, you know, negative mentalities, a lot of um, addictions. There's addictions of drugs and alcohol. There's addiction of pornography. Hey, there's a food addiction in the church. You know, we in the church um, we have an, a, an addiction. It's it's a legal addiction called food. And of course, we need to have food. God created us with taste buds to enjoy food. He could have just put a, a little port on, on the side of our our stomachs and just um, had an injection that we just uh, inject something into our stomachs once a day and get our nutrition. And he goes, "There you go. You got it for the day. Uh, okay, we'll wait till tomorrow and you could get another injection of." whatever we need of nutrition. But no, he gave us taste buds in our mouth so that we can enjoy food. But you know what? The church has made food an addiction. Like every holiday is centered around food, Um, not friends, not family, not the reason. Like Christmas is about gift giving and the greatest gift being Jesus that God gave um, his son and giving gifts to others. So we make it about food. Um, it's Thanksgiving instead of, you know, being thankful, you know, again, for this incredible nation and the freedom that we have and coming together and giving thanks together, we make it about food. Um, Easter, you know, it's like, okay, we don't make it as much about, you know, uh, Jesus and his death, burial and resurrection, but no, it's about food and Easter candy and, and, and eggs, you know, um, uh, diet eggs and stuff like that. And, and again, food. Um, and, and here we are in July and even the 4th of July, it's about food. Um, and I'm not saying, I know that we do the celebration of all these holidays, but, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is that we can live in a nation of freedom, but we can have addictions. And a lot of the church is addicted to food. There is a, and it's a legal addiction. My husband and I worked for teen challenge for 10 years and we've watched, um, Many men and women, uh, we really our our centers that we worked out at the three different centers. um, We didn't have teenagers. Our average age was 32. But we watched a lot of men and women come into our teen challenge centers and they had um, drug and alcohol addictions. They had other addictions. They had pornography, they were, you know, oh, just a lot of other addictions. Um, and in my world, anything that controls you other than Jesus, it's an addiction. But anyway, um, but we watch them, a lot of people with drug and alcohol addictions, um, go through uh, detoxing, go through um, withdrawals. And you know, I'm actually a a coach, a health coach, and um, I watch a lot of people within our uh, the, those that my husband and I coach go through their own withdrawals from food. Uh, we had a, a gal two years ago. She before our our health program, she was drinking a two liter two liter Dr Pepper every day, and uh, on about fourth, fifth day on our, our program, she was literally vomiting by five or six in the afternoon because she was going through withdrawals. And we just don't understand as the church, the food addictions that we have. And so, you know, um, I, I want to see people free in all areas, um, not just living in a free country, but free in their, in their spirit, their soul, their bodies, and their finances. And actually, I really feel for the most part, I'm free in all those areas. Now, I've had to go through a lot of things to get free in those areas and my spirit, my soul. And again, uh, my next podcast, I will break it down of how I actually got free in my in my spirit, in my soul, and in my mind. I mean, I was this woman of God traveling the nations, but boy, I had a lot of, um, stronghold, um, mental strongholds that I had to deal with. I was an orphan. I was this woman of God who was an orphan and not knowing my identity. Uh, My whole identity was based on being a woman of God. And so I'll talk about that in my next podcast, but you know, I, I want to be free in every area of my life because free people will set people free. And so friend, I'm, I just, um, I hope that, you know, this podcast has blessed you, um, you know, I, I just want to be here for you because I I think we should be experienced transformation in all areas of our life, not just our spirit and our soul, but in our mind, um, in our in our bodies and in our finances. And I'm gonna talk about that in a future um podcast. How do you get free in your finances? You know, I mean, I, my husband and I are, you know, we're we've we've gotten free in our finances. Like we can have money and money not have us. And it's the same thing. We can have food and food not have us you know, we can have entertainment and entertainment, not have us. So, you know, that's anything we can have relationships, you know, as long as relationships don't have us, look, I'm going to get really real. What you hear? God created sex. We can have sex as long as sex doesn't have us because it can be a stronghold in us. I know. Wow. She's like, Whoa, man, this first podcast, she's going that far. Yep. I went that far, friend. Cause I'm the real deal here. So anyway, I've really enjoyed hanging out with you today. Um, you know, I just hope you're being blessed. And, um, you know, I just bless you to be free. That's the bottom line, to be free, not just in our nation, this incredible uh, United States of America, not just to be free in our nation, but to be free in every single area of your life. So until next time, friend, can't wait to be with you. Um, Signing off for right now, Leanne Goff, The Transformational Coach, your personal transformational coach. Thank you for listening to The Transformational Coach with Leanne Goff. You can find out more about Leanne and her resources on her website, leannegoffministries.org, as well as her Instagram at Ministries. If you've enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends, and don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen.